Hello and welcome to the Beauty Talk podcast. I'm Letitia Bishop, your host, a professional makeup artist and beauty writer. Thank you for coming and listening to an episode of the Beauty Talk. If you love learning all things beauty, uh, please consider subscribing to the show and come and say hi to me on Instagram at Letitia Bishop. Now today's topic might be a little bit controversial. We are talking about clean beauty, as you can see in the title, um, and these are just my opinions on clean beauty. So please take everything with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, we all have our own skin journeys and I, I too have gone down the path of um, thinking everything that will touch my skin will get into my bloodstream in 73 seconds. I had a full list of ingredients I was never going to use, uh, but thankfully I found science. <laughs> so the clean beauty, uh, non-toxic, you know, it has no definition. It's not rooted in science. And don't forget that the clean beauty industry is in fact that it's an industry. So a few areas I don't like about the clean beauty industry is one is the fear mongering and the marketing behind the clean beauty industry. I think it's really unfair and brands and retailers will have you believe that ingredients, certain categories of ingredients and a long list of ingredients will cause you cancer. It's not based on science. It's based on um, the founders philosophies and beliefs of the brands and some scientific study papers that they have read and misinterpreted and stretched to their narrative and what they're selling, which is really um, naughty. I think, um, you know, so many brands nowadays, they tell you a long list of what's not in it, but they, they're, they're not necessarily saying what is in it. I mean, they do the ingredients is on the back, but it's like, is there anything actually in here that is good and going to help for anti-aging and change my skin for the better? Um, because that's where I like to spend my money in scientific researched ingredients that are proven and known to help your skin right but a lot of these brands are just um harp on the fact that it doesn't have this this and this and this it's like great well what's in it that you're going to do for me <laughs> i want to know that um so many brands are harp on the fact that it doesn't harm the environment um and we'll talk on that a little bit in a second and you know they're always like this is clean this is this is dirty, this is non-toxic, and this is toxic. This is nice, this is nasty. They have all of these these lists, and Sephora have that as well, where they have their their logo, which is clean at Sephora logo. And um, it, yeah, it's just saying, so is Sephora saying that everything else in their store is dirty, that if it doesn't have this, this, this logo? It's like, you know, uh, so many of those ones that are, don't have that logo are the big brands, the high ticket price items where a lot of their revenue would be coming from those brands. So I think that's a weird marketing thing to do to like halve the store and say, this is clean, this is dirty and bad. Cause that's just going to piss off all the other brands. I think if I was one of the other brands, I'd be annoyed by that. Um, yeah, but it comes down to the fact that it is like this movement of, um, what has led to 
the term the tail wagging the dog meaning the tail meaning the consumers and their customers is wagging the is leading the dog which is like the brands and the retailers and they're actually now changing their formulas and listening to the consumers which you might think listening to consumers that's a nice thing to do yes it is but also isn't because we're not cosmetic scientists we don't know what you meant to put in the products the the i've listened to um roundtables and conversations on um cosmetic scientists and chemists saying that you know brands new brands come to them or they say you know we need to reformulate this to take this out because nobody likes it anymore and it's like there was really nothing wrong with it to begin with. It's just coming from the consumers saying, we don't want this in it now, take it out. And the brands have to unfortunately like succumb to this because they need to sell, sell stock, right? So, but I mean, where is that gonna lead us? Is that, is that leading us to um, better products? And yeah, I, don't, I just feel like that's, um, potentially down the line could be a little bit troublesome and then let's not forget what they say that these things are chemical free everything is a chemical um water is a chemical so don't forget that okay everything is a chemical and you know that this phrase is is talked about a lot online in, in the the science community on in the beauty world is everything is a chemical water is a chemical okay just let that sink in and think about that when when they say their products are chemical free i wonder what you open up in the jar what is it <laughs> there's chemicals in there regardless of where they come from they're chemicals um, apples have an ingredients list of chemicals that makes up an apple. So interesting. Um, another area that the green industry do, do not talk about and consider that much is the science and information and things like uh, toxicologists. Okay. So a toxicologist is somebody that will research a, a formula, an ingredient, and they will assess the levels of hazards or risks involved with that ingredient for the human body and for the application that the product is designed or potentially going to be used as, what it's, what it's going to be marketed for. And so you can't just say whether an ingredient is good or bad. It all depends on the exposure and the amount of the amount of risk and the exposure that we're going to be having because you can drown from water. Poor water's getting a bad rap here. You can drown from water. So if you drink too much water, you can literally drown as well. So are you going to avoid all water? No, it's like, it's like saying that. So, so if this ingredient you deem is bad, those studies were done with a lot of that ingredient, but it's been tested and checked time and time again with big margins to make sure it is okay, like big rooms, 20% or more where it's saying, oh, there's a, there's a, a gap, uh, a buffer in case it, it yeah, they, they make it with a buffer toxicologist. I listened to um, information about toxicologists and how they test products for beauty. Um, it, so the, the, the ingredient has been checked for humans and the toxicology, whether 
it's okay to put in this uh, formula at this percentage and the amount and the way that the customer will use it, i.e. a tiny little pump on the face for 60 days. It's okay. If you were to drink a, a liter of it three times a day, yeah, it might not be good. So that's like, so it's, it's you know, the dose um, is... You know, the, the dose is, is very important and using it at this tiny amount can have great enhanced skin benefits, but bathing in it, maybe not good, but that's been worked out by scientists for us. So we don't have to think about it. You know, you can be rest assured that, that those, those things are going, are happening in big brands, you know, established brands. I can't speak for these smaller brands. Another area that they um, harp on in the marketing of clean brands is the environment and that they are better for the environment. Um, I wouldn't say that's necessarily true. Uh, the brands, you, you know, they're, they're, you know, we're all just trying to do our best, right? I too care for the environment. I'm a vegetarian. I like to think the one of the reasons why I'm a vegetarian is to help the environment as well as the animals and my health. But the environment is a big factor because the meat industry is um, really horrendous on the environment. And yeah, that's why I love being a vegetarian as well. So I, I don't get me wrong, I do care about the environment, but the clean beauty industry is it, not necessarily better for the environment because where do those natural ingredients come from? The environment. So a lot of, um, you know, studies have been shown now that with the uprise of the use of essential oils you know the little um, bottles that we put in diffusers and there's whole MLM uh, multi-level marketing companies that sell these essential oils for all health reasons um, they've been showing that they're depleting the earth of certain minerals and herbs and flowers because it takes a lot of these ingredients to make that little bottle of essential oil because you have to distill it and you have to get the oils out of it so they're, they're, they're finding that this is is becoming a bit of a problem because you can't the you know and they want it to be organic and wild harvest and things like this and we we can't really replenish as fast as that this is the the demand has been happening for these ingredients and there's a there's a lot on it and environments you know it, you can't just say i'm going to put it in a glass packaging and cardboard box and now it's environmentally friendly. It's just not true. There's, 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 it's not black and white like that. Nothing is black and white in the world. <laughs> you, you've come to realize. Um, I would love to have someone on the podcast that is a is an environmentalist person for the beauty industry. That I find I would find that really interesting because you know glass is heavier, so therefore it takes up more emissions to ship it and send it in planes, right? So even just that thought, there there is so much in it. Whether something is actually environmentally friendly so a lighter plastic packaging might actually be more environmentally friendly i don't know i'm not the expert on it but it's just it's not as black and white as as putting it in a glass jar that's on that yeah that's my thoughts on that one um another thing that is a positive note with the this topic that i'm talking about is the rise of science educators okay so Thankfully, a few years ago, I discovered these people and that's when I realized that things don't go into your body within 73 seconds. Like I, it, things don't go into anything that you put on your skin does not go into your body within 73 seconds. Like I was led to believe when you listen to the 
clean, green um, influences. Um, I learned that that is just not how products are formulated. There's a thing called the Danone, Danone 400 or something, where um, ingredients and the molecules are never made small enough to enter the bloodstream in that time. And if they are, they are considered a prescription drug. They need to be prescribed by a doctor because of the fact that they go into the bloodstream so fast. I'm not saying nothing will go into your bloodstream, but it, it doesn't go in like the green community is has you believe you know our skin is is a is an organ that protects us from the outside you know if everything went in we'd it'd be a mess we're not sponges like they also say um it's just not how it works so you know topical um cosmetic uh, topical um things that are prescribed to you by doctors they're prescribed to you by doctors because they do they can enter and you they can you know you can receive medication and things through the skin but that that's there's, there's a barrier to that that has to be done by a doctor and given to you by a doctor. So normal skincare products, they just don't work like that. They're not under the 400 Danon molecule size um, and they, they don't enter your bloodstream like that. that like, not quite like the green beauty will have you, have you believe. Um, anyway, so back to the science educators. There is so many more fantastic people on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and wherever you get your TikTok as well, I've seen them on there, um, that are, you know, they're scientists, they're, they're cosmetic researchers, they're, you know, they're chemists, they, that work in the beauty industry. They have been sitting back for too long and seeing all these false myths, false news, just falseness, and they're finally speaking up and they're, you know, producing amazing content for all of us to consume for free, might I add, um, and we can educate ourselves from these people that have studied and know what they're talking about and they're, they're putting the information out there for us to, to consume and then we can have more uh, information on the table and then we can assess what we think ourselves. So being open to it and consuming some of that information would, you know, it's beneficial and you, and you might just think, hmm, was all the stuff I was listening to before marketing? It might be. So I will list a few of those people down below that I love um, to listen to. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a whole range of people that, that you can follow and consume and listen to that, you know, they, they don't, they talk about the facts, you know, a lot of their content takes a long time to research and put together. Um, but they have the tools and the know-how to do that because they're scientists and they're, their researchers so I, I just think that's amazing that that we have access to that for free and can you know listen to panels and conversations of these highly intelligent people all within the beauty industry that we can have for free and listen to so don't um let that slip by another area that is troublesome to me and a lot of other people in um that are team science <laughs> um is that the green industry say that they are more safe for people with sensitive skin and people with sensitive skin and impaired barriers often lean towards the green beauty industry thinking they're doing the right thing which is really sweet but really 
harmful for their skin potentially because um, these green beauty brands often are smaller, they have less R&D behind them, research and development, and a lot of the products have essential oils in them which are really potent and powerful and not great for direct skin contact. They may smell nice in a diffuser, but putting them directly on your skin is really harmful. There's a lot more variables in them. Um, they're, they're just not ideal for people with sensitive skin. They're very potent. Um, they're, the green beauty will have you believe that natural is better for you, but uh, poison ivy is natural and just could be picked from the ground but you wouldn't want to rub that on your face. So let that sink in and think about that and know that everything that is out there in nature is not, not great for us. There's a lot out there that's designed to kill us, right? So yeah, it, it's not all good for your skin. It, it might be better for your body or for your hair or something, but not directly for your face. Um, and synthetic fragrance is much more safer and more tested and just... It has less variables, you know, you don't have to be worried about it. If I was to be able to choose between a synthetic fragrance and fragrances made from essential oils for my face directly, I would definitely go down the um, essential, um, synthetic fragrance side of things because I know I can trust it more and I'm going to probably have a less of a reaction for it, right? Another ingredient that is um, often deemed as dirty and bad, toxic, for from the green community is petroleum and petroleum based products um, petroleum is like vaseline okay think of it like that vaseline has been around for a long time okay um it's safe it's a humectant it is designed for using in open wounds it is extremely healing for wounds chapped lips elbows it 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 like puts a layer over your skin so you can't have trans epidermal loss so water can't escape so it, it, it lets your skin be able to heal under there and um, boost boost the healing time so it's good it's not bad uh, preservatives are another area that people are big no-nos and um, parabens they poor parabens get such a bad rap um but these studies are often from like rats that have been injected by a lot of parabens and that's not necessarily how we use it as a human right like i said with the toxicologist reports and these things that the dose is what makes the poison and we're not using them like these studies that the green community reference so yeah it's really sad that a lot of um brands are, are having to remove it because of you know consumer demand um, but, but we don't know what we're talking about. And they're using a lot of different uh, preservatives that are less researched and are less irritating to our skin. So it's not great. Um, and clean products that don't have any preservatives, uh, I would be fearful of them. Keep my eye on those in my bathroom because the bathroom is like perfect area for bacteria to grow. It's humid, it's wet, it's hot when we have showers. And bacteria loves that. And I don't want crazy growing bacteria on my face. So that's why I'm okay with preservatives. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, people often see that their jars, when they open, you know, the, the natural products, they don't, they don't last as long. And they, they will say to you, oh, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you can only use it for a few months, but that's because there's no preservatives in it and they're scared that it's going to go off. 
on your face. So, yeah, keep an eye out on them. Uh, okay, that was uh, coming to the end. Um, also, be mindful of why uh, I'm also aware that the cosmetic industry, as in the, the general cosmetic industry, not the green one, could do better. And that is maybe potentially why this whole clean um, you know, world was was born because the 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 um regular clean beauty the regular beauty industry could be more transparent and they are they're becoming more transparent they're talking more about the science behind their products they are you know um hiring these science educators to talk to their consumers about their products and what what is in them and why they, these ingredients are in their products. But that is probably why the green beauty, beauty industry became so popular because the other side was not being transparent, but they are now. So that's great. Um, but don't think because of this episode that I did a whole green beauty bash, bashing episode. It's not that I don't like clean beauty and that I won't, you won't see me using clean beauty products. You most definitely will see me using clean beauty products, but it's not because they are clean beauty and I use them despite of their marketing and because I might like the product. I can still like the product, but I, I may not agree with all of their marketing terms, but I still might use some clean beauty products here and there. Um, they're not normally always the ones that are hopefully going to tackle wrinkles and things and density and things, but they're, they have some beautiful moisturizing ingredients, especially for the body and the hair and the shower. Um, yeah, so you'll, you'll still see me use clean beauty products. So it's not like I won't use them. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, and that's the end of the episode. And I will see you in the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find details on everything I mentioned on the blog, The Beauty Talk. I'll leave a link below for this episode's post. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the newsletter so every episode is delivered directly into your inbox. That way you'll never miss an episode. I'd love to hear from you and see what you think of the episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Letitia Bishop or I have a private Facebook group which you'll also find a link for down below. Please don't forget to subscribe on any of the top podcasting platforms like Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts. If you liked this show, please send some love by writing a review and I'll see you in the next one.